This is episode 103 with Lori Harder. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Lori Harder is a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. She has grown two multi-million dollar businesses as a successful entrepreneur and network marketing professional. She is also an author, cover model, and three time fitness world champion who offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and financial freedom. Through her books, unique coaching methods, and programs, she has helped countless people connect with their soul, transform their bodies, empower their minds, gain financial independence, and fall in love with themselves and their lives. This is the second time Laurie has been on the show, and I am so excited for this conversation because we chat about why she wrote her first book, A Tribe Called Bliss, how to call in your soul sisters and find your tribe and the exact scripts that she has used to do that, how to make your relationships grow and thrive, the two keys to epic relationships, the one-liner that will rock all of your relationships and take them so much deeper, the ideal number you want in your inner circle, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 103. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. And that comes from Samantha Percy. And she says, forever grateful and thankful. I am thrilled to have stumbled across Melissa's podcast and both of her books. I recommend you to everyone I meet. Thank you so much. And as we speak, your books are being passed around my family and friends, changing and bettering one life at a time. Melissa, the content you provide to females is changing lives. Every week I tune in for the most inspiring conversations in the world. You bring out the best in your interviewees and therefore the best in people like me, your listeners. This content needs to be shouted from the top of a mountain to the world. Forever grateful and thankful. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'm so grateful for that beautiful review and I'm so grateful that you took the time to do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now without further ado, let's bring on the beautiful goddess, Laurie Harder. Welcome back, beautiful Laurie. You know how the first question goes. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Breakfast, I had coffee and some coconut milk. (laughs) That's it. Because I I do some intermittent fasting until about 11 o'clock. Oh, great. And yum, coconut milk, so good. Now, this is your second time on the show. The first time you came on was with your beautiful husband, Chris, and that was for a relationship goals episode, which everyone loved. So thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly, because so many people got so much out of that episode. And we shared a little bit of your story back then. So for anyone who wants to hear more about your story and Chris's story, they can head back to that episode and I'll link to that in the show notes. 
But today, we are here for a different reason, and that is to celebrate the launch of your first book, A Tribe Called Bliss. Break through superficial relationships, create real connections, reach your highest potential. Firstly, congratulations on writing your first book, sister. Well done. Before we jumped on, we were chatting about how much of a mammoth task book writing is and launching a book. So well done. Now let's talk about this book and in particular, how to build or find your tribe. Because I know for me, when I first started on my journey, which was kind of back in 2010 when I ended up in hospital and my whole life had to kind of do a whole 180, flip it on its head, I felt very isolated. And I craved tribe. I craved soul sisters. Is that what happened to you? What was the inspiration behind writing this book? Tell us about that story. Thank you for sharing that because I think we all have our own version of feeling really alone and isolated, especially if we decide to kind of take on different things in our life that aren't maybe the norm or that people around us aren't doing. Um, Typically, you tend to think that you have to walk that road alone. And I'm not saying that you don't, but there are different ways to learn how to build a tribe. So for me, there were so many points in my life where I was tribeless, but didn't Think, I didn't even realize that this was a thing. I didn't realize that, you know, you could have supportive friends and women in your life because I just, I never really saw it. And I also built my own stories around what happened. So if you rewind way back to when I was younger, I was raised in a really um, religious family in a really small town. And so I'm from upper Michigan, tiny, I mean, tiny town, like we're talking like three hours from a mall, like anything that resembled a mall um, in the woods. (laughs) So also being raised in a restrictive religion and being homeschooled through high school, um, I was not allowed to associate with anyone outside of my religion. So for me, it meant only a couple girls in my congregation for the most part. And they also weren't allowed to do stuff all the time either. So I really had to learn to make my own fun. Um, And I was alone a lot. And also when I was in school, in middle school, in elementary school, my sister and I were both teased because of our religion and because we were a little bit overweight. So that also built the story in my head about, you know, if I'm, if I'm better off alone and if I can just be alone, then I'll never be hurt again. So I kind of just kept building the story and building these walls around relationships. And fast forward into, you know, my teen years and my twenties, I really wanted to, I started to use fitness due to being bullied in school, thinking that if I was just fit and if I really spent all this time on the external, that maybe people couldn't hurt me again. And it was all also a beautiful way for me to kind of like deal with my anxiety that had come on from all of this. And also to, you know, in my 20s, I wanted to take this and and pay it forward. I wanted to really help women with their body image, with how they felt about themselves, with losing weight, with getting stronger, with their fitness journey. But I wasn't yet really open to any relationship. So I started kind of building this career and it started to become um, more successful over time. Now I'm leaving a lot of details out because that was really challenging as well. And then I thought, you know what? I want to take fitness and I want to really, really be an inspiration for people. And from that, what I did is started entering fitness competition. So that is another sport that you can really start to do alone. I mean, you can really isolate yourself as well. So I started doing these fitness competitions because I thought if I do these competitions and I get on these magazine covers, then maybe I can be like a Jillian Michaels. I can write these articles. I can be this massive inspiration for people to teach about this underdog journey. Like they can become anything that they want through fitness and, you know, making sure they feel good and all this other stuff. So I'm doing these fitness competitions and doing them alone. And I'm super lonely. Like I'm doing this thing that I love, yet I'm feeling really, really lonely and really isolated. And I'm still not feeling fulfilled, even though I'm like, finally, after six years winning competitions, um, fast forward, and I'm getting, uh, you know, magazine covers, I have this amazing career. And I'm just like, hitting this glass ceiling, not only in my career, but emotionally. I just felt so isolated. And that was huge for me to really look around. You know, it was a big moment when I I ended up winning like three world championships in one year. And I went up to my hotel room 
And I sat in the chair and it was the moment that it hit me that I am alone celebrating. Like I'm in my room all alone. (laughs) I was like, I missed it. I missed what this journey was really about. I spent six years trying to get somewhere to validate myself, to say I was finally good enough and to think that that is what would make me feel good. And, you know, while I I don't want to downplay accomplishments because I was so proud of myself for accomplishing it, I just realized that it wasn't it. Like this was not it. It was about the relationship. So how this was the opening of how can I do what I love, still have goals, still accomplish things, but really do this with people? Because I had some fitness coaches who had told me it was lonely at the top. And I thought this cannot, I, this is not how I want it. Like I want to actually create some massive changes and see if we can't, you know, make this a different idea. Not that it's lonely at the top, but if we get here, how can we bring other people with us or go together, you know, shoulder to shoulder? Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I can totally relate. When you were talking, I was thinking about when I won a dance competition because, you know, I used to be a professional dancer and the same sort of thing happened to me. I had just been accepted into the Moulin Rouge in Paris, which for a dancer is like the pinnacle. It's like the best thing ever. And I was 20 at the time and I remember getting the letter in the mail because this was way back (laughs) before email. (laughs) And I got a letter in the mail and it said I'd been accepted. And I remember kind of like looking to my left and looking to my right and having no one to really celebrate with. And I really lived a very selfish existence. And it wasn't until I really understood about the importance of tribes and connection. And if you look at all the centenarians all around the world, so looking at all the blue zones, One of the key components for them being centenarians is tribe, connection. I live in Sydney and my husband's family and my family both live an hour and 15 minute flight away from us. So we don't have any family in Sydney with us and we crave that community. So what we did about a year and a half ago was we created these things called soul family dinners. And this is where every Friday night we get together with our soul family and it is just so rewarding and so beautiful and I'm so grateful that we've got that. But for someone listening who is thinking, I just really want my tribe, I really want to call in my soul sisters, and I talk a lot about this in both of my books, but what is your advice? You know, there, there's two different things going on there. Like, I really want to call into my call in my soul sisters is a different question than just kind of like, okay, I want to start connecting to my tribe. Um, they're they're one and the same, but you have to know, like, in the beginning, you might just do a lot of dating before you kind of find the ones. <laughs> that's that's really what it feels like. Is kind of like you're dating your girlfriends, and that's what I did in the beginning. So you have to get in the in the the idea and in the intention in the in the mindset of being really open because sometimes what we can do and I write a lot about this in the book is that we can go into these relationships with a lot of expectations around them. So if we're looking for our soul sisters, we might have a soul sister checklist that we don't realize is in the back of our mind. And while that's great to know what you want, I think you also need to know if you're super attached to that, if it's limiting you from maybe this blessing of a sister that needs to come into your life or that's waiting to come into your life. So kind of look at that checklist if you have them. Let's just be super honest. You're like, okay, yeah, but if she doesn't meditate or if she doesn't work out in this way or if she doesn't like green juice or if she's not this or that, then she's out or we can't be this close. And I really want you to open up to the idea that sometimes I believe um, parts of our soul are hidden in the most unexpected human beings. (laughs) So give yourself some time to kind of linger a bit longer in these relationships. And I would say 
first of all, just be really open to the idea that someone might be able to add a lot of value to your life that you would not expect. So with that in mind, I do believe that like-minded people hang out in a lot of the same spots, whether that is online or whether that is on someone's page that you love, like a mentor, or whether that is in a group or a community like the ones that you have, Melissa, or whether it's you know podcast followers or people who go and work out all the time. So I just want to say, I'm when I moved to California, because my husband and I had moved so many times. We had moved like, I don't even know how many times we were in like five different new houses in a very short period of time, like two years when, or I had no one here. So I had to actually put my money where my mouth was (laughs) to be like, how do I find friends? I'm 31 years old. Like I'm from the Midwest. It's moving from the Midwest to California is like moving to another country because they truly speak a different language than I was. They were completely different and I, I wanted local community. So I thought, where can I find my tribe? And maybe I'll find some soul sisters while I'm really trying to connect with these women. So what I did was I thought, what am I most interested in? Like, what do I want these people to at least have the one thing that we kind of connect on? And I thought, well, fitness has always been a foundation for me. Like, I always want to move my body. And it's a really easy thing to connect on. So I would look at hashtags of like these places that I would go to. So like Soul Cycle or Orange Theory or different community classes, things like that. And I would either see someone who would go there all the time or I would kind of start talking to someone who I would see there all the time because I would make myself known there. So I'd go a couple times a week. And if I wasn't going a couple times a week, I literally would message people. I'd be like, Hey, I go to this Orange Theory class all the time too. I haven't seen you there yet. We should try to do a class together sometime. No expectations. Just if we want to meet, maybe we can go to coffee afterward for 20 minutes. And here's the thing that I do with these messages is I literally say, I'm just looking for like-minded people. Maybe we could see how I could support you on your goals and if you have any goal or you know and if there's any way that we could support each other um zero expectations i'm just new in town i would love to connect or you could say you know i'm just really looking to connect with people who also love fitness if this interests you great if not great no worries i'll see you in class and give you a high five and that's how i wrote all these messages i probably wrote i don't know like 50 different messages and had a few people message me back and another and, and it was great we did workouts we connected i still see them and you know another place that i got some great people and actually a soul sister was because i do events melissa i know that you do events so if you were to move to another place and maybe you have events in common or maybe you know it's you know someone who doesn't do events but maybe they do book clubs or they do anything that's kind of niche i searched hashtags i searched women's event LA. I searched LA women's event. I searched, you know, put it in any order. And I saw this girl who puts on events here. And I messaged her and said, Hey, I run events as well. I would love to connect and see how we could support each other, you know, meet for coffee, 20, 30 minutes, I'll come to you, no expectations. And let's just see if we can support each other at all. If not, great. And she was like, awesome, let's do it. (laughs) And I'm literally going to do like, we became amazing friends. I'm literally about to do an event with her. I've spoken at her events. Like, it's really incredible if you just open yourself up and you're okay with rejection. Because I did get rejected a lot. I had so many people not answer me. I had some people be like, um, no thanks. (laughs) And I was okay with it because it's like dating, you know? Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those scripts. Like, it's so needed because it is like dating. You're exactly right. We can kind of fumble when we're finding like-minded soul sisters. I used to have this belief that the friends that I had in school were my friends for life. And so I kind of closed off to meeting other people when I finished high school. And I definitely wasn't open wide. I definitely wasn't open wide. I was kind of like, well, I've got my school friends and we have such a long history that I'm not going to even be open to meeting new people. But then when I had my rock bottom experience in 2010 and realized that I really needed to surround myself with some like-minded people, that's when I started opening wide. And I love that you said, you know, being open, that's why I wrote my whole book, because in every moment, we're either open or we're closed. We're open to the person next to us at Soul Cycle, or we're closed off to them. We're open to the girl who says, Hey, I see you around here all the time. Maybe we should grab a juice after the class, you know, or you're closed off and you're like, No, nah, I don't have time. Your head's in your phone looking at Instagram. And so every opportunity is an opportunity to be open, open wide to all of the magic and all of the beautiful people around you. And Like I talk about in the book, 
the expectations. You really do have to drop the expectations and just be open to whatever happens. So I am a massive believer in if you want a relationship to flourish, then you've got to give it love, time, and energy, just like a plant. If you want your plant to not die and you want it to grow and thrive, you've got to give it water and sunlight and you've got to give it love and attention. So what is your opinion on that? Like if you want to really nurture and nourish and watch a relationship thrive, what are your tips? What do you do? We only have so much time. And I think that's what's stopping us from so many relationships is like we, you were talking about earlier um, in your book is like the expectation. I talk a lot about it in mine because you can't have a relationship without talking about expectations, right? Because um, we're all bringing our own expectations without talking about them. <laughs> so it's like we expect each other to be mind readers. Like, didn't you see my expectation list and you disappointed me? So for a thriving relationship, I think I have to set aside, you know, my expectations around what maybe someone can give to me even time-wise. And I think that we need to talk about what is possible between us as far as how much time can we give to this relationship because you're going to have your inner circle. So your inner circle are the people that you can give, you know, you want to give all of your, you know, time and energy to. And even that, if you're married and you have a family and a career, that will only leave so much time for them as well. So to really have a thriving relationship, I talk about different, you know, kind of circles in this group as well, because you're going to have your inner circle that you're obviously going to kind of treat as their goals or your goals. You'll go to bat for them. Those are those kind of like ride or die people. Then there's the tribes outside of that, that it's like, yes, you're going to be there for them, but you might be those friends that you just know you can rely on when you really need them, but you don't have to connect all the time. You don't have to text all the time. You don't have to, you know, be that person who's constantly checking in with them and no one's going to get disappointed. But as far as those inner circle thriving relationships, I have conversations about it. Like with my girlfriends, I'm literally like, what do you need in order to feel good in this relationship? Like, if we're at a seven right now, what would take it to a 10? And let's see if I can do it. But if I can't, And if that feels like too much to me, I'm actually going to talk about it and tell you and see if we can kind of find the middle ground. Oh, I love that, Laurie. That is such a beautiful thing. What do you need in order to feel really good in this relationship? I love that. And who does that? Like, honestly, this is what I talk about in my book. It's practicing CCC, crystal clear communication. So do you literally say to them, do you sit them all down and do you literally say, this is your inner circle? Do you literally say, what do you need in order to feel really good in this relationship? Do you say that to all of them? This inner circle that I write about in this tribe and and that I teach you how to do this, yeah, you will know what you all need. So you will literally have a free circle to ask, to say what you need to express your feelings to really, it is like, it's it's like basically like radical, like, like what you say, crystal clear communication, but it is just radical communication. Like you just are free to um, say how you feel. And this is every other week for us. So this has been the past four years, every other week. Um, And let me tell you everything, once it, once it becomes like the norm, it's not weird. It just feels like how we're meant to feel. And yeah, you definitely have conversations that aren't comfortable, but they're not crazy uncomfortable anymore because there's just so much open area for you. And you're so used to expressing yourself. I think half the reason that we don't is we're not used to the feelings that we feel around expressing ourselves. So it's just like anything. When you get used to expressing yourself, that becomes really normal. You start to know like, oh, there's that little emotional spike where I feel a little bit like that old fear of rejection or that old fear of getting cast out or that old fear that I won't be loved is coming up. And we talk about that. I'm like, hey, I'm having that weird, like, I want to share something with you, but I'm having this weird, like, I'm scared you're going to leave me, like abandonment issue from my past. And they're like, okay, well, you're here right now. And this is the now. So let's just clear. And what do you need to say? Like, this is the type of language that we've gotten to over four years by using what's in the book. Um, so it's it doesn't come overnight. That's the thing is that we have to start practicing this kind of with this core group that we want. And it doesn't mean you won't ever be hurt again. That is the thing that I want everyone to know is that if you're in relationship with anyone, we're opening up to hurt. We're just saying in the relationships that we want to stay in, 
We're communicating that we want to stay in them. And now we're going to communicate on what tools and language and everything else that works for us in order to move through the hurt. I love this so much. This is so supportive and helpful. How many do you think you can have in your inner circle? How many people realistically? Because I know some people think they've got 12 friends and they they really want to nurture all of them. Some people believe, you know, three or four. And the centenarians in some of the blue zones, they talk about having three. So what is your belief around that? It's going to kind of naturally fall once you start doing this. You're going to naturally see where people fall. It's going to take a little work though. Once you start, you know, kind of dabbling and inviting and and seeing who really wants to deeply connect because the other people will need to you. Once you express like, Hey, I'm really looking for this tribe of people that we kind of treat each other's goals as, you know, I treat your goals as my goals. And this is something we do every other week. But if there's an SOS over here, you know, I I will show up for you as best to my ability as I can and vice versa. And even, even with that, it doesn't mean a person can always show up. I can't always show up, you know, if it's an emergency or something like that. Sometimes it's like you're stuck somewhere or you're doing, you're at an event or you can't pick up the phone or you can't text, but you treat it like, um, you're very respectful of each other's time at the same time. But the inner circle, I really believe it's challenging to do it over like three or four people because you only have so much time and energy. But I do have like 10 or 20, literally, I mean, probably more than 20 women that I really know I can count on. Do we connect all the time? Absolutely not. But do I feel like a very close soul connection with them where when they have books or launches, or if they have something big going down in their life, and they send out that SOS text, like just send love, that's it. We're just like, okay, you know, what do you need? It's that type of thing. So I feel like you're going to kind of understand who that is after you do this a while. It will be the people who won't need the check-in and you won't feel the check-in with them or you won't feel the need to check in with them. But then you'll have this core group that you actually have to commit to. That you're like, you know what? I really want this core group. I want that group of women who when we're 80, we sit on, you know, we we go on a trip and we're on rocking chairs on a porch just laughing about how wild we were and how like, and what an incredibly like amazing life we had because of this relationship. And those are your people like, and you have to commit to each other. So once you start to get to know each other, it's using that language like, okay, do we want to, it's almost like, you know, getting married. It's like, okay, do we want to really try to work on this and make sure we stay committed to each other so that, that we have this really soul sister bond? And some people will say, yeah. And some people will be like, you know, this is a lot for me. And that's okay too. Like, that's the beautiful part. Like, okay, well, we're here when you need us, but this is what we're going to do moving forward. And the whole thing is, is in these groups, like, I, in, in the book, I talk all about like a zero um, tolerance for gossip because you don't have to worry if for any reason you do need to leave or if it's too much for you. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to talk about you or be resentful of you because that's not in our, our like rule book, in our personal rule book that we've decided to commit to and abide by in life. So it's a really safe space. It doesn't mean we won't get hurt. But it does mean that we will be able to find our own lesson in it and that it will be our work to kind of release and forgive that part. So that's all communicated in the book too. Do you think you all have to be in the same location? So for the three or four that you're in a circle, do you feel like you have to be in the same location or is this something that you know someone could live in a different country or state? So my two are mine, um, Lindsay, who I write about in the book is in Costa Rica and the other one is in Denver and I'm in California, um, or she's in Colorado. So no, we've never lived in the same area and we probably only see each other like three times a year, typically at each other's events, or we try to go on one retreat a year. Um, so it's been amazing. Otherwise we meet, uh, via Skype or phone or whatever, every other Thursday morning. That's really beautiful. So every second Thursday you meet and how long is that for? Is that like an hour Skype or something? Yeah, it's an hour. And honestly, we we like never go over the hour because that's what it's all about as well. It's just respecting time, um, always respecting each other, never going over even your 20 minutes unless it's like, it's just kind of a thing, you know, unless you really need it. And someone, we know when someone really needs it and we'll say, you know what, I'm going to designate my time here for this, or I'm going to, let's just give her an extra five minutes because she really needs to process even more. Or do you need another call this week? Or what do you need? You know, and it's, it's rare that that happens, but we can, 
you can always sense it with a friend when they're going through a hard time and they need more time. But other than that, we are like dead on the timing because so much of why people fall apart is they feel like boundaries are being crossed. Or let's just say this call, you know, went over five, 10 minutes every single time, which then you can't plan your or maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes, then you can't plan your day, then it can't be a consistent thing. So that's what it's all about is the consistency and what could make it consistent. Yeah, I love the rules that you kind of put in the book, which um, you talk a lot about that, which I really love. It's that structure that really helps everyone thrive because, you know, yeah, if you go over a 10 minutes one time, then it's 20 minutes and then it just, you know, your whole day kind of blows out. So I love the advice and the, the rules and the structure that you put in the book. It's really great. You touched on this before, but I remember last year, I was really craving a deeper connection with a few girlfriends. And I actually sent them like a beautiful message, like just saying how much I love them and adore them. This was before I ever read your book, which I'm so grateful I got an advanced copy a few months ago and I loved it. But before, you know, I had this structure that you've kind of painted for us in the book, I sent this message and I just said, you know, I love you and I value you and I just think you're so amazing and I really want to deepen our friendship. I really want to take our relationship and our friendship to the next level. And I got, you know, a beautiful message back and we spoke on the phone and they were like, yes, yes. And then crickets, like literally crickets, nothing. And this happened with two different women, but this one particular one I'm thinking about now, I know it's just because she's not ready to really go there within herself. And that's so fine. That is so fine. But there was a little bit of my inner mean girl that was like, ouch, like my ego was a little bit bruised from that. So have you had that? And How did you let go of it? By just saying, look, I've got to let go of the expectations. How did you move through it? I love that you shared that. Thank you. Because that's so important for people to hear. Like, especially they're probably like, wait, who didn't want to like have a deeper connection with Melissa Ambrosini? Like, are they crazy? (laughs) And that's so important to hear, right? Because that is, that is what's going to happen. And that is what happened to me as well. Like I even had really close friends that I was like, can we do this? And then they just could not show up for the consistent time. And that's okay. That says nothing about you. It says everything about maybe how they, you know, how they're going about in their life right now. Just maybe it's not the right time and that's there's nothing against them. You know, maybe their life really is that chaotic or maybe they just cannot seem to buckle that part down. You know, for them they can't see the value in it yet. And that's what's happening a lot. They just think, well, what's wrong with what we have now or this was this is great, but you know, it's it's too hard. And it's not until you really, really, really commit to... You understand the value. And the value doesn't come right away, right? The value comes when all of a sudden you realize you are... You know, it's months down the road. And yeah, it's hard to show up every other week. Let me tell you, Melissa, every other week, I it's four years and I still don't want to show up. And then five minutes in, I'm like, thank God I showed up. (laughs) Like, I'm so glad because I can get really introverted. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'd rather just like, you know, it's early. I'd rather just drink my coffee and read my book. Like, I don't feel like having this deep conversation in the morning for the love of God. And then I get in there and it's just like so expansive and heart opening. And it's what I've been missing all week or the last two weeks. So you have to know like, not everybody is going to be willing to do that. And that is okay. Keep looking. I had to go through a lot of people. And then the people that I found were total strangers. They they just voiced that they wanted the same thing too, and that they were totally committed. Beautiful. So for people listening, this is your opportunity. Like this is your opportunity. You can plant the seed by sending them this episode and see if they're open to it. And then, you know, go from there. Like just see if they are open to wanting to dive deeper with you. It's such a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, we're here for rich, deep, authentic relationships. You know, I call it deep love and rocking relationships or soulful connections. Like that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for this superficial, gossiping, surface level friendship. Like I don't want to catch up with you and you go, hey, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, you good? Yeah, yeah, real good. Busy? Yeah, I'm really busy. No, like I want to know how you really are. Like how is your soul? That's one of the questions that 
I'll ask my soul sisters, how is your heart? How's your soul right now? That's the first question we ask each other. And we have these things that we call solely chats. And I'll get a text message from one of my best friends, Rach, who lives on the Gold Coast. That's about an hour and a bit flight away from me. And she'll be like, we're due for a solely. And so I'm like, yep, okay, Thursday at four o'clock. And she's like, yep, done. And so we've kind of organically been doing what you talk about in the book for about four years, but it's really nice to have a little bit of structure around it. And so I'm going to forward this to Rach and to a few of my soul sisters and get them to listen to it because I want to take my friendships with them deeper. I want to really be a support for them. One of my goals in life is to support people, to help people, to serve people. I want to make sure that I am that friend. And sometimes I'll pick up the phone. And I'll just be like, what can I do for you? How can I serve you right now? And some of my friends will be like, oh, you know, I've been really struggling with this, or can you just listen to me while I talk this out? And it's such a beautiful thing that we can do for each other and with each other. I'd love your opinion on this. Do you think men need it as much as women do? What are your thoughts on that? I believe that they do. I think they are, um, they're not voicing it as much. You know, I'm watching my husband, right? And he really watched me on this journey. And he was like, I didn't really know I was missing that, but I'm missing that. So I don't think it's expressed the same. I think they might feel it in totally different ways. I believe they need it because they're human beings. I think for women, we might need a different, deeper form of it. Like we really want to process. Like you said, we want to know the inner workings of the soul. Like we want to analyze the crap out of everything going on in our lives. And like, I want to know this person. And I think men maybe don't need that deep of a connection with a circle. But what I'm finding is that they need to be with them. They need to have someone, you know, maybe just to even talk with about some of these things, but maybe not quite used in the same way that we're using our circles. But they definitely, they need each other. They need, they need to lean on each other. They need each other for mentorship, for support, for um, not feeling like they're alone on the journey. I just think that they are not voicing or realizing it yet. You know, majority majority of the men that I know, but the men that are really kind of like, you know, the men who are very awake, I think that they are the ones you're watching them connect, you're watching them create men's groups, you're watching them um, start talking about it. And I think that's really, really powerful, but it's showing up in different, different forms. You know, for them, sometimes it's let's go play, you know, football every other week, or I really need to go and just have a beer and watch the game with these guys. Like that's important connection stuff for them. Yeah, I think my husband realized that a couple of years ago as well when he just saw how important it was for me. And he's got four best friends and I have loved watching him nurture those relationships over the past few years and really be unapologetic about how much he loves and values those men. So he does fortnightly FaceTimes with one of them lives in San Diego, one lives in Hawaii, and the other two live in the Sunshine Coast. And so none of them actually live in our location. So he does like fortnightly FaceTimes with them. And it's so beautiful. Like he'll be sitting on the balcony. It's really sweet. Like I, I listen in on their conversations and at the end, they're like, I love you, brother. I'm so proud of you. Like I say to them, like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, how we can support each other, how we can help each other. You know, he was just talking to me about this investment and, you know, I just am just in awe. I'm in awe because they are so open, these beautiful conscious men and the end of the conversation goes on for about five minutes about how much they love each other, how grateful they are, how much they appreciate each other. And I'm not saying that everyone has to do that, but it's just really nice to witness the love that men can share as well. I love hearing that because I feel the same. I know exactly how you feel because I watch Chris do it. And even he's coming. It's so funny. My dog just jumped up because he just got back from a date with a guy. So he went and like hung out with this guy and a new friend. And he's doing stuff like that all the time. And I'm so obsessed with it because 
it brings beauty into your relationship. Like not only are they more exciting to talk to because you're like, Oh, what'd you guys talk about? What'd you do? Like what's going on in their world? What'd you learn? Like it brings so much richness into your relationship, right? He loves when I come out of my room from having my, um, you know, my mastermind, my bliss tribe meeting with my girls, because he's like, what you talk about? What's going on? Like, what's what'd you learn? And it's so it makes your relationship so much better. I absolutely agree. He goes on mandates sometimes. I'm like, have you? How was your mandate? It's so cute. I would love to turn the spotlight on you now and find out what do you attribute your success to. For real, I believe it's been mentors and groups like this and tribe. Like there is nothing we can do alone. Um, and I've always been seeking. I've always been seeking uh, people and energy uh, who are on the level that I want to go to, who are um, like a match for my soul or my highest self or my future self. So I'm always, always, always seeking to be around those people or in their spaces or reading their writing. You know, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a podcast. Um, I'm always trying to find the place where my soul is like, yes, this is, this is the energy you were looking for. Like, this is what it feels like to be alive. So um, I would say I've just been a huge seeker. Like, I'm not going to rest until I find those people or those things. Um, and for me, it's for me, it's people now. Like, I cannot do this without my tribe, without people. Beautiful. I love that. Now, what's something that's bringing you the most joy right now in your life? Oh, you know, just because the book is here right now, honestly. This new venture, as crazy as it's been and as challenging, it's been one of the most challenging things I've ever done, just as far as, you know, from learning how to write it, from marketing it to making sure the marketing plan doesn't fall short because you work so hard on writing the book. You don't want to just, you know, kind of stop and go, well, I hope people read it because that's not how it works. We all know that if you've put a program out or anything in the world. So I think for me right now, the most joy that I'm getting is watching, um, watching my teams come together, working on this book and this launch and, um, meeting all of the amazing people that you're talking to who are excited to get your book out in the world. Like that, isn't that exciting? The people who show up to support your book, like that is so enjoyable to talk to those people. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's really nice. I think everyone knows the mammoth task. Well, maybe not everyone does know, but I'm going to tell you all now listening. It is a mammoth task. Writing a book is a huge task, but that is only a smidge of what is involved. Then you've got to launch it and you are the one in the driver's seat doing all of the promoting and all of the PR. It's a huge job. And as an author, having other people share your work, it's like such an amazing feeling. And I know for me, when someone takes a shot of my one of my books and tells me the biggest takeaway that they got from it and shares it on social media, like that lights my soul on fire. I'm just like, yes, I'm so glad it's deeply resonated with you. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to share it. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how impactful that is. And also like how impactful leaving a review is, you know, leaving a review on Amazon. I never used to leave reviews on Amazon until I became an author. (laughs) And now I, every time I read a book that I love, I will go and leave a review because I know how much that means to the author and what that does for Amazon reviews and ratings. So once people have read your book, if you loved it, please go and leave Lori a review, an honest review, because it'll really help her and support her. And if you've read either of my books, please do that too, because it just means the world to us. Mm, thank you for that. And that is so incredibly true. I'm literally writing my, myself a note to go leave a review on yours because I write notes like to leave reviews on my friend's stuff all of the time because we do know, right? We know if they launch a podcast or we know it should just almost be that's part of being in a tribe. It's like that is added on my to do list. For some people, they're like, that might be kind of weird at first, but just think of who is doing something right now who means a lot to you or who maybe has impacted you and just start adding that to just a quick to-do list that you do at night, maybe while you're sitting on your computer or while you're watching TV or whatever that looks like. And I'm telling you, the ripple effect of putting that good energy out into the world will come back to you. 
It's a random act of kindness. And Nick and I talk about this a lot. We're often looking for opportunities to do random acts of kindness. And I love that little tip, you know, making a note in your phone or your to-do list and just saying, leave a review on Laurie's book on Amazon or leave a review on Melissa's book or leave a review on their podcast. And the same happens with podcasts, you know, by going and subscribing and leaving reviews, it really does help us. So if it is true for you, please do that. It's spreading the love. It's helping so many people. I know for me, if I ever hear an awesome podcast, I will send it via text message to whoever I want to get it into the ears of. Like I'm constantly sending other of my friends or, or other people's podcasts to my friends. And you can do that whilst you're on the podcast app. You can just say share episode and you can send it as a text message. It's so easy. Or you can share it on your Instagram. You know, the more love you give out, the more you're going to get back. Mm, I love that. I love that. I'm a podcast junkie too. So it's like, yeah, just send it. If, if I love it, I should just be sending it all the time. Yeah, totally. My parents get a lot of them. I kind of feel sorry for them because I'm like, you should listen to this. <laughs> Try this one. And they're like, okay. They struggle just keeping up with mine and Nick's podcast. <laughs> I used to do that to my brother all the time. And he's like, Lori, I still haven't heard the first one. I'm like, okay, well, let me know when you listen to it. (laughs) It's so funny. Okay, beautiful. I would love to hear what are you working on within yourself at the moment or something that you'd like to improve? I am working on leaving space for the magic because I'm finding that I'm, I'm speaking a lot and I'm getting asked to speak a lot, which is exactly what I wanted and what I put out into the world and what I asked for and what I let, what I proclaim and let people know that I want to do. Except along with speaking, because I have a lot of, um, anxiety that I've worked through forever and it's great, but I also know that it's there for me. But with that, I feel like I have to be really prepared and. It's like the over preparing is really blocking me and it's really, um, it's putting me in a not good state for like the few weeks leading up to it. So I have been learning to kind of, I want to enjoy the process. So I'm really trying to lean into it, release my anxiety, have more faith and trust, um, and leave room for the magic on stage. So just have ideas of what I want to talk about. Definitely be prepared. Don't ever show up not prepared. But if it's in you, like the stuff I'm talking about is in me. So I need to trust myself more. And as that Wayne Dyer quote says, when you trust yourself, you're trusting the very thing that made you. That's what I have to remember. Yep. Sure do, sister. Trust is a huge one. The universe always is looking out for you. Yes. Now it's just, you know, really leaning on that. (laughs) Totally. All right, gorgeous. You know this question. Let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school. Now, besides your amazing new book, let's put that in there. That's a given. What is the book that you would choose? You know what just popped into my head because it was a book that pushed me from resistance and fear into just the action that I needed. And it was um, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And I think if you're if you're teetering, if you're like, man, why do I have all of these, you know, why can't I move past like this stuck feeling? And why am I distracting myself over and over and numbing out? Like read that book, you'll realize that you're human and you'll, you'll get uh, thrown into action most likely. It is such a great book and it's really short. It's not too long. And I think it's a great book for every single human being to read, especially, you know, at that young high school age. I read it years ago, probably like maybe six years ago. And then for my second book, Open Wide, I was sitting in that resistance and that fear for about six months. Actually, I can't even remember. I got the second deal and I had to hand it in in May and it was January of that year and I still hadn't started it. And Nick's like, read The War of Art again. And I was like, no, it's not going to do anything. And I read it in two days and I put it down, like I closed it and put it down in front of him. And I was just laughing my head off. I was laughing my, and then do you know what I did? I just went and sat down and started writing. I was hysterically laughing. And then I wrote my book in a month, you know, and just got to work. And The same thing happened with Nick. Like when he first read it, he was in a band, a very successful band called Sneaky Sound System for many years. And then he 
left that and went and got a quote unquote real job in real estate. And then he read it and realized that he needed to return back to his sole purpose, which is his music. And literally after he read that, he sat down at the keyboard again and became a solo artist. And it's just amazing. So guys, please read that book. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's awesome. And it's really quick. It's a short one. You guys are going to love it. I need to read it again. Like it's, it needs to come up again. Yeah. And get it on audio. I have it on audio as well. So if I'm ever needing a little boost, like I'll just listen to it. I think it's when you got to sit down and do a mammoth task, like write a book and you haven't even started, you're just like, oh my gosh, where am I going to pull this from? It's a great kick up the butt. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so gorgeous. I'd love to hear about how your day looks. I know There's probably no two days that are ever the same, but I love hearing about how people prime themselves for the day, what their morning routines are and how they set themselves up for their day. We are fascinated as human beings. I think this is why Instagram stories are so popular. We are fascinated by other human beings. And I think that's why reality TV is so popular. So how do you move through your day? Like what's your morning routine? What are your little success tips that set you up for the day? Well, Chris and I, every single morning, it'll be whether I'm out of bed first, or whether he's out of bed, we'll say our mantra. And it's just, I mean, it's like not even a mantra anymore. It's a, it almost just carries a vibration. It's I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, and more fit than I was yesterday. And some like this morning I said it and didn't even hear the words. It was just a, oh, when you say this, you switch your thoughts from like, Oh God, all this like shit I have to do today into, Oh, Oh, I get to do it. And I remember that my mindset is determining how I feel. So I think that that's now it's so funny. It doesn't even sound like anything to me in the morning. It's just like a thing that we do to say, switch it, switch it. Um, which is funny because before the words, like I would, I would really, savor the words and really feel them. And now it's literally just become this thing, right? It's like, boom, okay, you said it first. Now I'm saying it. Now we're switching it. Oh, that's a choice. That's right. And sometimes we have to say it like, sometimes I'll say it five times and Chris will be like, okay, we'll say it like you mean it because you sound like you're going to come back to bed. Cause I'm like, Ugh. um, so that helps switch the energy in my body. And then we go down, uh, downstairs. We love our coffee routine. I have coffee with coconut milk. Um, and then we read for a while and then we do a meditation, which is really quick. And when we read, I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm only reading five minutes. Sometimes I'm reading 10 minutes lately with the book launch. Like I'm reading two pages, like I'm reading, you know, I'll just grab what I can right now, but I still, it just kind of keeps that habit in place. So read for just a little bit to kind of switch my thoughts into I'm in control for the day. Um, and also reading something that feels really good. And then we meditate. And lately, again, it's been five minutes, which I can't wait to get that back a little bit longer. But I guess what I'm wanting to show is do what you can with when your life gets crazy. And then I definitely... What has not been lacking was I know myself so well because I'm a... you know, And just like everybody else, I am human and you need this too. Like I make sure I go and move my body because any stuck energy or anything like that for the day, like I really want to set myself up for mental and energetic success. And that is how I best support my soul is to go and move and clear and get grateful and then come come back to the day. So no matter how busy I am, I'm still getting that in. I love that. It's a massive non-negotiable for me, some sort of movement every day. It's so important. And speaking of gratitude, what are three things you're most recently grateful for? All the people that are showing up. I have beautiful humans in my life. I'm so grateful for that. I am really grateful for the sunshine because I just, it gives me so much energy in life. I am grateful to have the mindset of abundance because no matter what happens with whatever big projects we're putting out into the world, I'm just, I feel so abundant that no matter where it goes, there's greatness all around me and there's more than enough and things will always be taken care of in the perfect way for me, even if I can't see it immediately. It's just like having that mindset has been so big during times that are unsure. Have you always had an abundance mindset? 
No, no, no. That is definitely something. I just think back to when it was like, you know, even around friendships or anything like that, it's really easy to have a lack mindset. And I really grew up in a lack mindset around money, around relationships, around, you know, anything. If someone has something, that means that you don't, you know, that there's not room at there's not room at the top. There's only this much. If you have money, that means you're taking it from someone else. So for me, it was a lot of work, a lot of books, a lot of mentoring, a lot of um, self-practice. Like Every day had to become a practice in uh, where am I feeling lack and, and how can I kind of expand instead of shrink in this area and really using each day as a just like a mini uh, you know testing ground for myself. So that's what I started doing in abundance. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, it's reprogramming. You've got to reprogram. I didn't grow up with an abundance mindset. I grew up with a very Catholic Italian lack mentality from watching my dad. And you got to work really hard, you know, you've got to slog it out. So I had to reprogram that. And I'm so glad I did because having an abundance mindset, it's so, so much more fulfilling. It is. And you're not in fear. Like you're just, you can release. You don't have to grip into it because we know that when we're in lack, we're in fear and we're just stuck in that story. And you can't get up because you can't see the solution. So when you're in lack, you're not in a place to see solution. And when you're in a but, when you move into abundance of, okay, well, what if I saw this through abundance or what if I kind of release this feeling or this grip? You know, then you can start to say, well, what would I do? You know, where could I feel better? So it kind of puts you back into that solution mode. Now I've got three little rapid fire questions for you. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? Moving. I think moving your body, get up and move. Love that. What is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Look at what you love doing and see how you can use it to serve other people and then see how you can use it to serve and get money back by charging them for your service that you love. And what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? Oh, give way more love. Like just give it out on the street. Like be that weirdo who is smiling at everyone. Buy someone's coffee behind you. Like just be abundant with the love that you give out. Yep. Love that. If everyone just did that, oh, how juicy would the world be? So is there anything else, my love? Is there anything else that you want to share that I maybe didn't ask you about or anything that you would like to leave us with? You know, I just want to share in the book, I feel like it's a really beautiful way to have conversations that are really tough because I not only give scripts, but it's really about like, I think that we say, you know, set boundaries or release expectations and then people aren't prepared for what happens after you set the boundary and after you release the expectation. Like, what do I do with all, well, what do I do with all this pain or what do I do with now my family's mad at me? That's what it's about. It goes into the second conversation. And it goes into here's why you build this tribe and how do you use this tribe. And tribe takes you from transition to transcending. So it's kind of like the bridge to where you have been wanting to go, but you keep going back to the island that you are from because you don't have this bridge and you don't know how to get there. So that's really what it is. So that's what I want to leave them with is that there's tools beyond the tools that I think some people, if they feel like they're not able to transcend, might be missing. And I really believe it's other people. I really believe it's other people. We just need to learn how to really tap into each other's strengths. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, my love, what can I do and the listeners do to serve you? How can we serve you today? Uh, I mean, honestly, this was so beautiful having me on and purchasing the book is the biggest thing that you could possibly do for um, this message, just women supporting women. I think that that would be the most beautiful way that I could possibly be served after, you know, you, you know, you've sat at your desk for many, many hours writing. And I believe that this was a message that just came through, not for me, but for all of you. So that would be the most beautiful way to, to feel supported is getting the book out into the world. We will do that and we'll link to it in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and check it out and please forward it, forward this episode to your soul sisters. And before we go, I just want to say, Laurie, thank you so much for not only sharing so beautifully and openly today, 
but for this book and for all the work and all the love that you pour into the world, you are such a light and you're such a beautiful human being. And I've loved, you know, deepening our friendship over the years. We met many years ago now. I think I first came on your podcast when Mastering Your Mean Girl just came out. So that's like three, three or four years ago, four years ago now. Oh my God, crazy. It's so crazy. And I'm just so grateful that we have been able to really nurture our friendship and I love watching you and I'm always cheering you on from the side. So thank you so much for today and for all the work that you do. Mm, I'm so grateful for you, Melissa. And you know that I, I feel the exact same way about you. I've loved, loved, loved just what I feel like you're kind of like my mirror over the sea for me. Um, <laughs> just loving everything that you're doing. And it's such an inspiration. I loved that conversation. I got so much out of today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Laurie and I mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 103. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Just a reminder, get a copy of my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex. To get your hands on a copy, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And there you will also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. Go check it out and let me know what you think. And if you want to be the review of the week next week, make sure you head on over and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself possible, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there is someone or a few people in your life that you think of that would really benefit from this episode, I can think of about hmm, 10 soul sisters that I'm going to be sending this to. Please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you have got to do to get this in your soul sister's hands that you want to go deeper with. This is it. This is your chance. And don't forget that until next time, love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.